you know, basically another thing that kind of the whole golf industry subscribes to is this pyramid of influence. And it basically means that like if a PGA tour player plays it, the average consumer is going to want it. And, um, you know, that's something that like we kind of called bullshit on, you know, honestly, like Joe Schmo 10, 15 handicap shouldn't be playing the ball that Tiger plays. Right. Welcome to the tossing clubs podcast. Next on the tee, your hosts, Frank Jang, Zach Moses, and Aaron Tan. Yo, what's up everyone? Welcome to another episode of Tossing Clubs. This episode, we got Jonathan and Joe from Uncommon Golf Balls. If you haven't seen them, check them out. The designs are absolutely sick and they're great dudes and we have a great interview with them. Before we hop into that, uh, we got some news on Live Golf and specifically, we got Bryson DeChambeau to comment on one of our TikToks. Zach and Aaron, dude, did you ever see that coming? Definitely not. I mean, you you just don't know who's watching. And apparently Bryson DeChambeau was watching and he was not a fan of my comments about Live Golf. Uh, this is still on our TikTok if you want to take a look. I basically came out and said, these guys are getting a bunch of money, guaranteed money, hundreds of millions. You're joining a tour where the results of these tournaments don't have a huge impact on the majors, the official world golf ranking, and don't really feel like they matter. And like, why would these guys need to try if you have all this money already? And he, he took a bit of offense to that, which, I mean, I, I think is also totally fair. And I think live as a whole is just a very controversial co- topic. And depending on how you look at it, you could find a lot of different ways to argue different sides. So it was just cool, though, getting a, getting a, a comment from Bryson, even though he was not a huge fan of, of my opinion. <laughs> His comment was basically like, this is going to motivate me even more to work on my game just to spite you. And so, I mean, hey, if he starts playing well moving forward, we're going to track it back to this comment. I think that was more the money is going to make him try harder than me personally. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think he was basically just saying, like, I'm making more money now. I'm probably going to try harder because I'm making more money. Which, like, if you think about that in a normal business setting, like, yeah, that makes sense, right? Like, you got a higher paying job. I mean, I would also argue the other way, just the human aspect of it. Like, you look at the huge contracts in, like, the other major sports, like football, baseball, basketball. I feel like a lot of times when a player lands a huge, like, you know, 10-year contract, they kind of tail off. They're not, like, the best of the best anymore, whether it's, you know, like little injuries start to creep in or they start to just, you know, not look like they're trying as hard. But it's it's almost like human. Once you have it locked in, the money locked in, it's like, eh, you know, you can kind of cruise a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. That's possible. And I think uh, I think there were reports that he signed on for about 135 million or something around that ballpark, which is, you know, if you win a tournament four million, I mean, still, it's obviously a lot of money. But if you got 135 essentially guaranteed, like I, I, could, I can see it both ways. Like I think um, either or this weekend, though, for better or for worse, I think Live Golf will be relatively more interesting because it has signed on quite a few players that are pretty notable. We got Abraham Answer, we got Matthew Wolf, um, and you know when 
I'm looking on the opposite side, the John Deere Classic. Do you guys remember who was like really highlighting, headlining the John Deere Classic? Webb Simpson, baby. Right, like Webb Simpson. <laughs> like, do I want to watch <laughs> Webb Simpson or do I want to watch Brooks Kepka, DJ, uh, even Matthew Wolf? I, I'm curious to see like how he's doing. Right, so that's my thought. I think I might be tuning into Live Golf this weekend, and. Right now, Liv has a lot of stars that have defected, but I want to ask you guys, I don't think any of the stars are, I guess, you know, it's so monumental that's going to bring everyone over. So, for for example, for me, if Jordan Spieth went to Liv Golf, then I think it's, like, over. It's, like, over for the PGA Tour. It's going to be, like, the beginning of the end. What player is that for you? Rory McIlroy. That's, like, the top guy in golf right now <laughs> i mean i would have said that even if he wasn't like being super vocal on the pga tour just because he's my favorite player he's been my favorite player since i got into golf so i mean i'd go down and colin oh Colin's a good maybe colin um i'm de- like hovland is debatable for me because i feel like hovland's names come up a bit i think actually cameron champ for sure if cameron champ went <laughs> it's over <laughs> I'm not going to like, it's probably a good business move for Cameron Champ. We'll see. But uh, for better or for worse, the PGA Tour has found a lot of new streams of um, prize money. And so in, in a sense, that is good for the Tour to uh, really reward its top players. So um, I think we talked about this enough. I think we can get on with the interview. Without further ado, let's get to our interview with Jonathan and Joe from Uncommon. You guys are in for a treat. All right, guys. Welcome to the interview. We have two very special guests today, Jonathan and Joe from Uncommon. Thanks, guys, for coming on. How you guys doing? Couldn't be better. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us. So for those of us who don't know, what is Uncommon and what are your guys' roles? Yeah, good question. Uncommon is a golf ball company. Um, a few of us, I'd say, I don't know, me and five other friends started it. Um, we've actually been in the market for about 10 months, so really, really new. Although we've worked on it for, I don't know, Jeff, three years-ish? Feels like 13, but yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, a few gray hairs. And, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, we basically like... You know, our whole team and crew grew up in the action sports industry. And, you know, I personally worked for companies like Burton Snowboards and Oakley. And, um, you know, those brands develop these like incredibly strong emotional ties to their consumer. And in golf, we felt like all the golf balls were really marketed like auto parts. They were very rational based in terms of their marketing and only talking about the performance benefit of the balls. And it wasn't something that I ever felt like. Uh, at least we all felt like we really connected with or would want to wear a t-shirt or a hat or whatever else. I guess maybe when you first get into golf, you wear a tailor-made shirt or whatever else, but you kind of really don't see people wearing those unless you're on tour and you have to, and you get paid to do it. So Uncommon is our attempt at creating a brand, a golf ball brand that has a little bit more um, storytelling, a little bit more brand cachet, a little bit more emotional connection to the consumer than you know the kind of the standard golf ball that's in the market right now yeah yeah definitely so what about the name uncommon where where does that come from yeah it's a really good question so you know one of the first exercises we did was looking at you know the golf ball space and and the way each brand markets um themselves and you know if you took our belief was like kind of you if you took the logo off a pack of balls 
or, or a single ball, you wouldn't know the difference between a Callaway and a Tellermade and a Titleist and a Volvic and almost everything else. So we knew we wanted to be different, but it's hard to tell different stories. If you if you use the word different in your marketing, it, like is there's a really high risk of it coming off as cheesy, and it's, there's just not a there's not a marketing story there. So you know we did all this work on okay, we want to be different, but how do we express it? And then one day, uh, a few of us read an article about Mo Norman and just fell in love with the dude. And if you guys aren't familiar with Mo Norman, he was known as one of the best ball strikers of all time. But he was misunderstood by the industry. He was laughed off the PGA Tour. He wore ratty clothing. He slept in his car. He hit uh, nine iron off the tee and driver in a greens. He was just a really funky character. And, um, you know, his story both, both like broke our hearts and made us fall in love with him. And we went through this creative exercise and basically said to each other, can we take Mo Norman's DNA and bottle it into this brand and use that for our expression for being different? And that's where the name Un Uncommon came from. And if you notice, if you played our balls or you get our packaging on our website or our Instagram, there's a thousand little touch points in our brand that all kind of support that mo norman dn the expression of mo norman's dna i love that i've seen a couple of videos of him on youtube just like talking about his swing and it's just like man it's definitely a shame that he wasn't able to succeed more on the on yeah. tour yeah yeah it's interesting actually touch point you talked about that so our two models there's a model 33 which is a three piece and the model 55 is our four piece and that's a nod to how many um course records he holds and then also canadian victories as well so just kind of a little nod back almost at every touch point, like, like Jonathan said about the brand. So, um, yeah, he was, uh, he was an interesting character. It would have been incredible to watch him play golf and hit a golf ball and sand shots and crazy flop shots. That would have been really cool to see. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the balls themselves. Obviously there's a lot of balls on the market, but what kind of separates the uncommon golf ball? Yeah, I can take some of it. Um, so yeah, there was, you know that was this is such a loaded question i mean where do where where do we start right and that was kind of what kind of ball do we want to make are we trying to make a tour level ball or are we trying to make a a ball kind of for the for the weekend warrior you know who are we who are we trying to talk to and who are we trying to make a ball for and so we we kind of we we went down the rabbit hole of doing a two-piece and then a serlin and the urethane and a five-piece we even sampled and um we ended up settling on a on a three and a four-piece ball um you know the the ball itself. I wouldn't say it would the the playing characteristics characteristics aren't something that that we really even talk about as far as like a performance aspect goes. But um, there's a couple of really unique features on the ball that are that are. There's one really cool one that I like is uh, the USGA and RNA conforming. Instead of having a new, you have to have a you have to have a numerical call out on the ball. And you know instead of having Titleist one or Titleist two or Titleist forty seven or whatever your number is. Um, we, we simply took a dice logo. So it's a, it's a one through six on our balls. Um, and cause we're always gambling, we're always talking trash and you gotta have something on the line. So that was kind of a cool little nod to something that I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you outstanding fellows have never, never gambled on the golf course. And, um, so that was kind of cool. And then also I always, for a long time have put, um, a, a thick black liner on the ball is, is kind of a, is kind of a, an alignment aid. And, um, it's it's legal in tournament play. I use it. I feel like I putt better, and so I could never find a ball with with a with alignment marker that I really liked on there. And so our balls have a have a line that almost goes completely around the around the golf ball. So 
that's something really unique. It's definitely helped me, um, you know, lower my handicap, I guess you could say, or whatever the hell is going on out there. I'm not really sure, but um, it's something unique in the market that, that you only see from us. So those are two things I'm proud of. Yeah, I mean, we basically looked at the, the product and we were like, hey, for, obviously there's a design opportunity right here to differentiate, right? And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a, uh, you know, basically another thing that kind of the whole golf industry, industry subscribes to is this pyramid of influence and it basically means that like if a pga tour player plays it, the average consumer is going to want it and um you know that's something that like we kind of called bullshit on you know honestly like joe schmo 10 15 handicap shouldn't be playing the ball that tiger plays right so we made a ball a little bit softer compression um you know a really grippy urethane ca- uh, a cast urethane cover that's amazing around the greens and for the short game and you know, we really tried to optimize the ball for a consumer, not a PGA Tour player. So that's kind of where you see the playing characteristics in it. Yeah, and I also touch on the point. I mean, we're we we make kind of no qualms about it that we're not we're not attempting to make a tour level golf ball. I mean, I don't, I would not expect Tiger Woods or Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, these are these are tournament player ready quality golf balls that uh, perform extremely well. But the price point is there. They come in only a dozen packs. We don't sell a sleeve. Um, the colors are, are pretty cool. We have a super high vis yellow that, that's out, but, um, you know, I would not say that the balls, um, you know, are going to compete with like a pro V one or a TP five X or something like that. You know, um, they're going to be, you know, Titleist or Callaway or Strixon's four and three piece, um, you know, lower or higher handicap, you know, playing ball level. So that's super dope. Uh, two thoughts on that. One is, yeah, when I, you know, when I play golf, right, I know that my swing speed isn't the same as Scotty Scheffler, so it's sort of strange that I would be playing Pro V1. So I do like that, you know, you're having a ball for, I guess, the weekend warriors, the, you know, most people who actually play that aren't on tour. And number two, uh, I do appreciate you in the design having an alignment aid as someone who does use the line on a ball. I think that's a really cool design. Um, what were some considerations in designing a golf ball that I guess you didn't think of or expect in the process um, and that an average Joe would just, just wouldn't know? Everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about late lead times getting product from, from you know, from overseas. <laughs> um, we really underestimated that. But as far as like the design go, um, I mean, we'll talk about compression you know, we, we had, we tested these golf balls everywhere from my 11 year old son, all the way up to, we have several PGA certified teaching pro friends that are kind of friends of the brand. And it, everybody wanted a ball that had different characteristics. I want something that I can, a harder compression. I want something that is cheaper. I want something that, I mean, this went on and on, right? Like everybody likes certain things about their clubs or their balls, their grips or whatever. And so that was something that I felt like, um, something we underestimated like the amount of feedback we would get and such a wide range of it for me you know and the other thing i'll say is that like you know we like came up with this idea and it was like march i don't even know you were in right now we're in 2022 so called two and a half years ago and um i was like cool you know we're gonna develop a golf ball we'll reach out to these factories like we'll just fake it until we make it and have product in the market for like i don't know four months from now and that process you know, the amazing thing about even just um, matching Pantones on a golf ball, like we have a very, very talented creative director, as I'm sure you could see everything on common, our logo, you know, came from his mind. I'm not the creative dude. Um, and, 
And, you know, we would come up with, like, these really cool Pantone colors, and then we would get the balls produced as samples, and then we would test them, and they'd come, like, man, these things look like shit. And we'd have to go to another shade. And and literally, we'd have to do... And in and, and transit times from, from Asia, right? Like, in the middle of COVID, you're talking about, like, just color iterations took, you know, six to eight weeks, and, you know, we did rounds and rounds and rounds of those. So, you know, the big the big question that we first wanted to tackle was, like, you know, could we make a quality golf ball? Like, but five guys that have no business doing this, right? Like, zero business. And, you know, again, coming from our backgrounds, just to speak my mind, I grew up in the snowboard industry, and I worked for Burton Snowboards in the early 2000s, and the disparity between a Burton snowboard and a K2 was massive, or, or another brand. Like, Burton was just leaps and bounds, right? Um, but over the last decade plus, manufacturing overseas and everywhere has gotten so good that now you're not buying a snowboard based on how the quality of it, you're buying a snowboard based on the personality, right? And we kind of took that thesis and we're like, is this true for golf balls? Do we need people in lab coats walking around a Titleist factory um, examining these balls and making sure they're absolutely perfect? Or can we go to Asia and work with a good factory and work with engineers and the right product developers and come out with, with something not on par, we're never going to claim we're a Pro-V. Like, look, we're just not a Pro-V. A Pro-V is almost double our price point, but could we come out with a ball that was really, really fitting for, um, you know, the average Joe golfer? So that was, like, just step one is just uncovering we actually produce this. That was, like, a really interesting process. And, and yeah, I, I want you guys to touch on, I mean, this sport, right? So there's so much tradition to it. There's so much... Um, like there, it. I do think the Pro V One specifically. A lot of golfers they'll default to that golf ball no matter what, right? And not just you know the pro golfers, but even some weekend warriors. They they'll just get the Pro V One because it's the Pro V One. Uh, I guess what does Uncommon offer? Like how are you guys going to lure a golfer to switch from a traditional brand to uh, you know Uncommon? I know you guys talked about how. Um, you know, you want the emotional aspect of it to be a little bit more intimate. Um, if you could elaborate on that, that would I'd be super interested to hear. Could we call you Frank Q? That sounds like a sweet rap name. <laughs> yeah, of course. Q Q is actually my middle name. It's actually just the letter Q. That is gangster. He likes to go by DJ Q. Dude, DJ Q. I'm done, man. Good marketing. <laughs> working my way once i'm done with this podcast yeah look i mean the, the way i would answer that and joe feel free to chime in here too like you look at the pro v and the pro v is a porsche and some people love porsches and they love the way they handle and they love the way they drive and some people like toyotas right and i would think about uncommon like the toyota uh there are people on the road if dude if you're working at quiznos you should not be rolling up in a porsche right and when you look at the market, 5% of the market are Porsche drivers, 95% are the Toyota drivers. So, um, you know, when I think about like the, the mindset of the consumer in making decisions uh, to buy an Uncommon or a Pro-V, you know, price is a factor. Um, all our prices are laid out transparently on our website. You could see what shipping costs to get the ball here. You could see what our materials cost. Like there's, no, there's nothing hidden there, right? So, so price is a factor. Brand is a factor. Um, our goal with Uncommon was to build this brand that very few people liked, but they, I, I wouldn't, shouldn't even say they liked it, they, they loved it, right? Like, you know, we want basically a thousand people who buy our product every year and buy it several times and just love us. 
we don't want to be mass market, right? Like, so we're kind of counterculture in a sense to the Pro V and, yeah. and the tailor made and the tight and the TP five and, you know, all that stuff. If that's fair. Yeah. And I would also, I would also say to, you know, when Frank, Frank, when was the last time you went and played golf? I played this weekend actually. Okay, cool. And I assume when you went out on the golf course, you probably, I don't know if you're the guy that tucks in your shirt or you're wearing your Kirkland signature because you're pretty stoked about, you know, those golf balls and they make some really good putters. But, you know, everybody everybody wants a little bit of fashion and a little bit of bling and something yeah. different than their, what their friends have, right? We don't, we don't, we're not, we don't want to go on the golf course and everybody wearing a red turtleneck that Tiger wore. Like, it's just not going to happen. So for me, I mean, I want... And I, I'm always, I'm always, you know, trying, trying to floss on the, on the course and wear something different. And I, I'm, I'm a big Jordan fan, as John, as Jonathan knows. And um, I think that that also comes to mind when I think about Uncommon. Is if you think about it on the golf world, I mean, you know, we all have different shoes on, or some, some cool socks, or a different hat, or a cool visor from a cool golf course. And every piece of my equipment, all the way down to my clubs, including like the color of my grips, is kind of me. And it was interesting because nothing, the only thing that wasn't me was my golf ball before Uncommon. And so it was something different. Um, and it just, it's one more aspect and one more kind of um, artistic kind of counterculture thing, like John said, and almost like a piece of fashion or jewelry on the golf course that says that I'm different and, and I am Uncommon from everybody else out here, so. One, one last question from me. So did you guys say you started working on this three years ago? Yeah. So I guess this uh, golf boom uh, because of COVID, uh, did did that affect I mean, i'm sure there's po both positives and negatives because of this whole COVID situation in the golf industry and such um what kind of wrench did that throw into your plans i think it was positive and negative you know from my perspective golf had this inertia before covid i mean the reason why we started on common is because i have an instagram and I post every six months when my wife asks if I love her or not because I haven't posted a photo of her. It's true. And <laughs> I do that. And I look at golf course porn and products and all this other stuff. And, you know, like there were brands like Lion Loft that inspired us. And um, Lion Loft, obviously Melbourne, you know, like there was, there was, there was something happening in the space. Um, Palm Gloves, Asher, you know, like there was enough there to be like, Again, just going back, like, I think a big part of life is pattern recognition. And again, going back to, like, this action sports industry in the early 2000s, it was, like, the big brands. And then there were these thousands of little brands that people, like, again, they were small. I mean, guys aren't retiring and driving Porsches off them. But, like, people fell in love with them, you know. And I think we kind of saw the same thing like that happening in golf. And then pour COVID on it. And, it, like, you know, now it's just, like, you know. I don't know if you guys saw, but like TaylorMade and Kith, it like it's going next level. I'm right definitely now. buying something Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? How um, music and and counter sport, you know, snowboarding and skateboarding and high fashion, it's all melting into golf right now. It's really a wild time, and it's crazy. I mean, and then and then live. I mean, you talk about that. Um, so anyway, Frank, to to get back to your question, um, something that really caught me off guard. Um, I'll be honest with you, the cost of everything was was pretty mind-blowing. Um, working from like a manufacturing side of things and trying to get over, you know, product over on a on a ship. I mean, you know, you, you would turn on the news in the morning and you would hear about, oh, there's a thousand ships sitting in Long Beach Harbor. You know, we, we were victim to that. It was a real thing for us. And there was some pretty serious panic phone calls like, 
can't we get a helicopter out there? Like, you know, <laughs> something we're freaking out. And we have all these timelines and we were totally, we were totally a victim of the circumstance. What we saw in the news was actually happening to our small startup. Um, in hindsight, it was actually kind of a nice thing because it, it forced us to like pump the brakes and be a little more surgical with kind of our planning and, and what we were going to do and, you know, the financial part of it. And that's another thing. I mean, the cost of it was, was crazy and just shipping alone. I mean, um, we were talking to a shipper the other day and she quoted us, a, a essentially the, the shipping quote that we had, had locked in had gone up 16 fold in the last three years. And she was commenting because I was a little taken aback by how expensive it was to ship product overseas. Um, and she was like, well, just for some context, it was this and now it's that. And I just, I mean, Jonathan and I is about heart dropped through the floor. And so we're dealing with dealing with that. It's a real thing. And, um, you know, you're seeing it everywhere you go from the gas station to the grocery store and, and on Tama Golf. It's part of the part of the deal, you know. That's crazy. That That's an insane price for shipping. want to go uh, talk about one of your recent collections, uh, the open invite collection that you guys had. And I thought that was like a really cool way to uh, celebrate inclusion within the golf world. Could you just talk a little bit about that that collection? Yeah, open invite. Um You know, we spent a lot of time thinking about what it means to collaborate with a brand. You know, obviously, like this TaylorMade and, and Kith collab is just incredible. Um, you know, we see a lot of brands that just put logos on stuff and there's no meat behind it. There's not a reason for being. And un- Open Invite kind of came out of thinking about how to collaborate with other brands and, and how do we put meaning behind it. And we basically landed on this idea of creating this brand within a brand so that's open invite and over time doing different iterations of these collaborations, like really cool artwork, really cool stories. Um, you know, when we, we thought about Mo, we, we thought about like, hey, do we give 10% of our sales to an autistic cause or something like that? And at the end of the day, we just wanted to be more nimble. So, you know, open invite is kind of our first foray into doing these collabs and we're just going to tie our collabs will always have like some kind of a media component to it. They'll have a, a product component to it. And it'll, they'll have a give back component to it. And right now, our give back is obviously supporting inclusion in golf. And we're telling the story of Maya Reddy, who's like a very good friend of the brand, uh, a former pro golfer, um, just graduated from Penn Law, LGBTQ+, and her whole experience in the game. And in the future, we might do stuff that supports autism or supports... Um, economic inclusivity like I, I don't know what it is but like you know you just kind of wanted to create this vehicle um, you know to give back and um, instill some sense of meaning into the product and the brand and and so far it's been pretty cool you know one of the, one of the things about our, our, our packaging you know speaking about this uncommon thing and working to be different our packaging is different it comes in a tube and our balls come in a microfiber bag and all that is customizable so you know, with our open invite, you get a really cool microfiber bag and it and it feels really, really special, in my opinion. Yeah, I really liked it. It feels like a very meaningful partnership and collaboration and something that you don't always see in the golf world. So so what's what's next for Uncommon? What are you guys focusing on for the rest of the year? Are you guys going to release new balls, try to get to outside the U.S.? Or what's the focus? Yeah, I mean, I think short term, like a pretty long sustained nap. Um Joe's a big napper, so I like to give him shit. Uh, no, you know, um, uh, we're working on different products, different products, different uh, storytelling, different partnerships. Um, we just did our first kind of retail launch this year. 
we're in the Hype Golf Store in Soho. Um, we have a partner coming online overseas based in the UK that's going to be our um, kind of distributor for the region, constantly making the balls better. I'd say more apparel, more um, kind of quick strike, one-off drops, more open invite stuff, more brand collabs. And uh, yeah, just, just playing a lot of golf, evolving the product, you know, all of it. Speaking of playing, like how's, uh, how's the golf out in Utah? What's that like? It's insane. Uh, we're really lucky. We have really good munis, really affordable munis. I mean, golf in Utah, I mean, I'm sure like where you guys live, it's bananas. I mean, um, yeah, I tried to book a tea time for this weekend. Obviously, it's a holiday weekend, but like there's just no hope. So we have a really good combination of like pristine private courses. Um, and we have really, really good munis. Like the muni in my town, I think is has like $12 twilights after 6 p.m. in summer and there's like nothing better in my mind like bringing a speaker and listening to some tunes and playing nine holes in summer it's like that's like heaven for me so the golf is really good and um you know little known fact so i live in park city joe lives in salt lake but salt lake we have golf courses where you could play 10 months of the year and 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 the climate is much more mild in park city like we shut down and we get a ton of snow and all that other stuff but and not only that, um, four hours south of us in St. George, which if you guys have seen the course Sand Hollow, I mean, it's it's gotten a lot of press over the last two or three years. And that's four hours away, and it never snows there, and you can play year-round. So Utah is like a little bit of a sneaky golf state. It's 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 a really good place to live. What's your favorite golf course out there? Um, I got to say there's two, there's two courses that like have very distinct places in my heart. Number one is... Park City Municipal because it's where I learned how to play and it's like around the corner from my house it just feels like home and uh, the second I'd say my favorite muni in uh, in Salt Lake is called Bonneville that's where like Joe and I go play and and, and they're greens and they're, it's like it's very well conditioned for a public course how close is so I don't know Utah at all but I'm going to Zion later this year is is that anywhere close I know that's oh that's where San Hollow is it's, it's like maybe it's right oh, there man. 15 or 20 minutes I'm gonna have to bring my clothes. you should 100% play it's awesome I just need to convince my girlfriend it's worth it it's it's a no it's only four hours <laughs> <laughs> only six of that two-hour warm-up I know right? <laughs> yeah exactly. and lunch afterwards wait that's like yeah. a whole day <laughs> No, I'll have to check it out. Oh, man. Yeah, well, definitely looking forward to that. But thank you guys for joining us. Um, I think that about wraps it up. So definitely recommend for all the listeners out there to check out Uncommon. Um, look them up online and and try some of their golf balls. Maybe, maybe order a couple things from the open invite. And yeah, guys, we'll hopefully have you again on soon. Yeah, good to meet you guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Have a good night.